Episode 74, Embracing Technology and Legal Practice. Insights from my conversation with Ed Arosa. My next guest is Ed Arosa. Through Ed Arosa LLC, Ed offers legal education and professional development with over 20 years of experience. Her mission is to equip legal professionals for career growth through diverse platforms, emphasizing continuous learning. Ed is the host of Let's Talk Paralegal podcast, author of Let's Talk Paralegal book, and an active member of select organizations like Lean In and Nomadic Global Legal Empowerment Network. Enjoy. Have you been enjoying the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast? Consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast feeds. Etta, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you being here and to get things started. Please tell us, what is your current tech setup? I have a podcast as well. So I have mm-hmm. obviously my nice little light up podcast mic. I also have my little ring light for mm-hmm. lighting because we do a lot of short videos and all that good stuff. I have my camera which I, right now I don't know what the brand is. I think it's a, a Logitech. It's a Logitech okay. camera. Um, is it the real? Yes, it's that one. So it's a 4K uh, monitor. Yes. But I'm going to pause you for a second. We're going to go back a step uh, with two questions. Number one, what is your mic? Do you know who makes it? Oh, it's HyperX. Okay. Yeah. Anything special about it? It lights up. <laughs> that it does. I, I like it. it it's I, I like that a lot. No, it also uh, kills the noise. It's noise canceling. Okay. Um, and I can step away from the mic and you, you can't hear anything around it. Like if I need to cough or something, I can do that. Or with my finger, I can tap it and the mic will come off. So if okay. I need to just turn it off completely so you don't hear any type of background noise, mm-hmm. you can have that. It's also, you can either have it on the bottom. It has like all these little adjustments where you can use it as a stand for your hand. Like if you're trying to talk, you can engagement, you can hang it over, you can put it on the like desk, mm-hmm. however you want to put it. The stand is pretty much really cool like that. And you can do whatever you want. And I bought an extension so it goes longer. So that way you can cool. actually see the mic instead of just having it like right on top of me. And then having all these like light shadows on top of my head. <laughs> I think actually, if I move it over just a little bit, if I move the camera over for you, of course, the listener can't really see this because this is a podcast, not a video cast. <laughs> and you should see my mic. I love it. Hang- hanging from the ceiling right no way. <laughs> So it's completely off the desk. It's completely out of the way. And I really enjoy it. It's a Sure MV7. I like that. Okay, cool. And the other question I have to ask is, what is the name of your podcast? Oh, it's called Let's Talk Paralegal. I love it. I've had it for four seasons now. And we're going bilingual. Thank you. We're going bilingual next month. We'll actually have our first full episode in Spanish. So I'm pretty excited. Excellent. Excellent. Well, congratulations on that. And I have to ask, are you going to be attending PodFest? Which I know is right up the street. Oh, yeah. I literally just bought my tickets uh, probably like a week ago because we're not the only one to ask asked me and everybody kept saying, are you coming back? Are you coming back? And I was on the fence on it, but then I finally just said, you know what? I'm just going to go. It's three hours away. Mm. I I can do that. So yeah, I'll definitely be there for sure. Well, be sure to say hello when you're there because I'll be there too. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. And then we, and of course, the, we have to take pictures for yeah, the yeah. social media and the whole nine yeah. yards. And there's a bunch of lawyers up there too. Yes. I know. So, so it would benefit me as well. <laughs> In more ways than none. (laughs) Benefit everyone. Yes, absolutely. 
Yes. Although I don't party as hard as, as all the attendees, I do enjoy myself because <laughs> I'm trying to take care of work while I'm there too. Balance. With, yeah. So but tell us what other tech devices you got there. Oh, I, I have another lot. Apparently, I really like Logitech. <laughs> um, I, have, I have the Logitech screen. It's actually one of these screens where you can do the double. So like I can have it. It's a, I think it's 16, 60 inch. Yeah, it's a 60 inch screen. And you From can Logitech? actually- yeah. Wait, Logic make, makes monitors? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know what exactly the model is, but I can send it for you so you can add it in the description okay. later cool. on. But yeah, so it also does the dual, like instead of, you only have one screen instead of having two, but you can right. divide it into two. So it's pretty cool. Okay. And I use it because I do a lot of drafting. As for right. paralegals, we do a lot of drafting and research and things like that. Yep. So it's really nice to have dual screens when you're trying to do the research and draft. So it's really cool. And computer? I'm an HP person. I love that's HP. Okay. Okay. I know. I'm a Mac I run, person. I run okay. all my, I literally, my entire company is ran by Google Suite. Like Google can literally take my information any day now and that'll be a business out. But I have the Envy, the HP Envy. Okay. And I love it. It's the one that you can also use as a tablet so you can fold it over and write yeah. on it and all that stuff. So it's easy. It's light to travel with. So it's amazing. But I also have a tablet just in case I don't want to take the whole laptop with me and this one is a Samsung. It also writes and it's pretty travel friendly, obviously, but you can also put a keyboard on it. It's pretty cool. And it comes with a pen, all that good stuff. So Smart yeah, phone? Google, Google Pixel. Okay. I'm definitely okay. all okay. about Google. <laughs> I have the Google Pixel. I think this is a seven or a six. I'm not quite sure which generation it is. I just got it. So, and then I'm getting the watch because I think it okay. came out either today or it's coming out. I don't know if it's today or a couple of weeks from today, but it was coming out in October. So I waited for the second generation. So I'll have that pretty soon too. A Google watch? Did I hear it yeah. correctly? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm excited because cool. I'm all about integrating and automation and mm -hmm. all that good yep. stuff. So all my devices have to talk because I travel a lot for work. So if there's any glitches or anything like that, it's not going to work. Let me ask you, if I wanted to listen to at least one podcast about lawyers using Windows and Google and Android, what would be the podcast to listen to? Yours. No. Well, I mean, let me start that over again. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Although I was actually looking for one for me to listen to. Well, I enjoy mine, of course. I do both Windows and Mac and, of course, Android OS. But I was um, just curious if there's any other, because for instance, I listened to a couple of specific Mac-centric podcasts, including ooh. Mac Geek Gab and Mac Power Users. Okay. And though they really focus on Apple and Mac products. So I'm looking for one that is focused on Windows and Google and, you know, and Android. Not a niche I've actually have actually delved in. I know a lot of AI podcasts. Everybody's yeah. into the whole AI thing now, but Microsoft specific. Not that I know. Of. I don't know, really know of any podcasts that's, yeah, I, that been, specific. I've been trying to find some just because I want to learn more on that side. Even though I don't know if there's I'm a podcast per se, but there mm -hmm. is a YouTuber which she's mm -hmm. also a colleague of mine that she actually is her name. Name is Misty, and she uh, runs the company's called Arrow Consultants. Okay, and they uh, created for Office 365. They created a whole case management. So with okay. the license that the lawyer already has with Office 365, you can utilize it as a legal case management software that integrates with everything uh, of Microsoft. So any everything Microsoft would be her. So she's always a go-to person when it comes to like Microsoft specific. Anyway, she's just just a brain when it comes to that. So definitely check 
that out, Aero Consultants. I will have to look her up for sure. Are there any other tech devices that you'd like to share with the audience? Okay, so I do a lot of presentations. Okay. And sometimes when I go, they don't have my little clicker and I love clickers. Okay. So this one is brand new. It's also Logitech. And so is, oh no, my mouse is Lizrock. It's a really cool one here. I'll show you for you so you can see it. It lights up. I'm very like, see, it has a little ball Track on ball. the side. Yep. It's not very traditional, but it has the, like the clicker over here. I can go up and down mm. on the page and it's pretty cool. So this one's pretty cool. This one's called Liz Roch. Found it on Amazon. The, and what was the name of your clicker? So it's called, it's from Logitech, but I don't know what specific one it is, but it's the one that does a dual screen too, because my screen is dual and all right, that right. stuff. So it does that. It does lighting. It helps you with the lighting. So let's mm -hmm. say like the screen is dimming and you can also, if you have any links in your presentation, you can hit the yeah. link button and it'll okay, pop cool. up with the link, change the pages like anything else. If you have it on automation, you can do that as well. It has a laser where you can point. So yes, I had to invest a lot in my tech because of that. Because when I would travel, I was so used to having my presentation a certain way. You call me right. bougie if anything. But um, I was so used to it that I actually started investing in my own portable travel friendly. And then the USB, what I love about it is the USB connector is actually in the battery pack and it's recharged. Oh, so okay. I don't have to have it somewhere so I don't lose it or anything because it's literally right. in the back. Oh my God, it's amazing. And they're super affordable. That's what I like about Logitech. They have really good products for like affordable pricing. So anything Logitech I like. I used yeah. to use their solar keyboards. Oh, I have them. The, yeah, the Miracle Solar Keyboard. Well, I don't know if it's solar, but I have this one. Uh, I know which one you're talking. I see that one. And for, I can play my music on. on here. I don't have to look it up. I can just pop on there. And it's it has cool. the ergonomics for your wrist. Oh, everything. Because I type so much. Anything yeah. ergonomics. I, I'm all about my chair to everything. So oh, only problem I have with mine is that the battery seemed to die after a year and a half, two and a half years. And oh. I tried replacing it because it was solar powered. And same problem. And then yeah. after that, I ended up getting this, the Mac setting keyboard with oh yeah because you can just plug it in when it dies <laughs> right and also i can actually it's plugged in now i can also use my fingerprint for security purposes which is just Ooh. absolutely fantastic because mm -hmm. when you're updating software you have to put in the password you just put your finger there and boom i like it well tell you what let's get into the questions sure what are the top three ways attorneys can use technology to easily and consistently onboard new staff I always say start with the process first, right? So before hiring, you have to set yourself up for success, right? So before right. you actually hire, you have to set up your process of hiring. Find yourself either you want to do a legal recruiter, you got to find a process for that. So a platform where you can create where you can constantly be in communication with your legal recruiter. When you're actually developing the description, ask yourself, what exactly is this person really going to fulfill in my dream, right? Because at the end of the day, you're building their your dream builder, you're building a dream. So understanding that you need to have a user-friendly platform, whether it's Asana, I love Asana, Trello, something super simple, super user-friendly that even has a, a free option, right? Because we all go to like investing hundreds of dollars for something that really, when are you how often are you going to utilize this platform, right? Especially when you're mm -hmm. trying to onboard or staff somebody. Also your HR, Microsoft has a lot like Teams. It has a lot to offer as well. So look at what you already have. I'm a big believer of not reinventing the wheel. If you right. have a lot of software that you've already invested in on a month-to-month -month basis, see what that has to offer. Clio has a communication option. My case has one, Microsoft. They all have a communication option where you can easily add a user and you can continuously communicate with the 
officer or the legal recruiter or whoever you're using in order to onboard. Most of these new platforms such as Indeed, WiseHire, which I love. WiseHire is my personal favorite, especially if you're like a small to mid law firm. Perfect. They're perfect. They're super affordable. They create templates for you. They help you with the description. They just make the process so much easier. So you're not just paying for a platform to just upload a description and hope and pray you get your superstar. It's more of a constant communication. You have somebody designated to you specifically that helps you with templating, testing. They incorporate the DISC, which is the personality test. And so try and find software where it has maybe at least 80 to 90% that will fulfill your needs. So anything like that, I always suggest. I'm always about efficiency, effectiveness, and affordability, right? Those are my three key points, especially when you're onboarding. Well, when you're onboarding, we live in a pretty much a virtual environment right now. Oh, yeah. And for interviews and for even work, what do you suggest attorneys use when it comes to video conferencing, telephone communications, Yeah, even, um, even email? I love Nextiva. Nextiva for telephone communication, but also my case and Clio have integrations. So mm-hmm. if you're already using those two platforms, they already have text messaging communication already integrated in there. Again, I'm all about integration and automation as like as seamless as you can possibly do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. But Nextiva, if you don't have a platform or you don't have the version where it includes that and you feel like you just want like a separate one because people are people, they're going to have their own thing. You can use that. Now, if you already have Microsoft, again, you can use Teams. Teams has a video option where you can send out the link. Now, if you don't have Microsoft or Clio or any of these forms and you're you're using a, what I call the minimalist effect, then I would do Nextiva. Nextiva is an affordable option. It's a great company for whether you want that big block of phone or you want the phone integrated in your computers. You can do text messaging and everything through there. If for Zoom, right? Zoom is right. very affordable, right? We can, you yeah. know, you can pretty much use Zoom for anything at this point. You can do telephone as well for Zoom. They have the telephone option. Another one that I like to use is StreamYard. StreamYard is awesome now because they have like recordings for you. Like you can record a conversation, especially if you're doing team building. If you're going to do anything like that, you can just have them connect and then like not go live. You don't have to go live. Right. A lot of a lot of people are recording interviews now, which I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> But it is what it is. But a lot of people are recording it because they want to see one, what was asked, what the expectations were set and something that human resources is utilizing for mm-hmm. later on down the line. Well, in your interview, you said this and this and it wasn't like that or vice versa, whatever the case may be. So they're utilizing pretty much in it's a heavy litigated world right now that we're yeah. living in. People are just suing you for basically anything. There's employment law has become number one. So I think that's more of why these are starting to be recorded. And if the person doesn't feel comfortable, then they have somebody with them, right? So there's more than one interviewee present while they're interviewing and and they're just covering all bases at that point. So anything like that, again, all about affordability. Pardon the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast as much as I enjoy making them. Consider buying us a cup of coffee or two to help defray some of the production costs. Thanks and enjoy. Let me 
see if I can get a third answer from you, but I'm going to twist the, the question just a little bit. Okay. What about when we're exiting? What in particular, what I'm concerned about are security issues. For instance, client personal information or prior drafts or other confidential documents. What do you think an attorney should do when they're saying goodbye to a soon-to-be former paralegal or staff member? Yeah, uh, these are situations that you need to handle from the forefront, right? From the interview mm. process, right? So these are uh, non-disclosure agreements. Confidentiality agreements need to be signed along with the employee handbook that's spe specific to those kind of things. If you already see this continuous problem, create solutions by handling that in the forefront before you even have to get to that point. Eventually, they're either going to leave, grow with you. There's going to be an right. exit of some sort, right? They're either going to be changing positions that they don't leave with you or whatever the case may be. Any transitional period from your the life of your employee should be thought through at the time of onboarding. However, if that's not the case right now and you're learning from like we all do from either mistakes or mishaps, then you would have to do that at the exit, right? right. Have them promise that or sign something saying, hey, change the passwords immediately, right? Right? change everything. Cybersecurity has been a big thing now with the phishing and the emails yeah. and stuff like that. And so continuous password changes should be a thing as well. How frequently should, do you believe attorneys and paralegals and others should be uh, changing their passwords? Three to six months. I would not okay. wait the full year. A lot of people do it yearly, like towards the end of the year or the beginning of the year. It's just become so common right now. Even mm -hmm. an email that looks legitimate, right? Even mm -hmm. an email that says Google or something somebody from your address book. Unfortunately, it is what it is. It's um, it's the truth right now. And so hacking has become a big thing, especially for law firms, um, because we carry, like you said, so much confidentiality in our databases. Um, and we carry what they want, social security numbers, date of births. That's exactly what they're looking for. So understanding that should be a constant thing. And it should be, I know Google has this, I'm not sure. And I'm sure Mac has one because if Google has it, Mac has to have it. It's where they create a password for you with like yep. all these specialized passwords and then they save them onto your device or whatever the case may be. So maybe even utilizing something of that nature. Is Google what you use to store and generate passwords or do you have like a special password wallet? For instance, like one password. I have a password. Yeah, I have a password wallet, but Google offers that for you for the mm -hmm. G Suite. So it doesn't live in your G Suite. It lives, right. you know, it lives in, in incognito for you. So what, what do you use? <laughs> I forgot what it's called. It's called something here. It's called Google key, I believe. Okay. They call it. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I may have misspoken there, but I think it's called Google key. And it's where you automatically, you'll have your password manager. Everybody has a password manager, but I think it's called Google key. I'm not sure. I'll look it up and let you know. Well, exactly we can put that in the show notes later. Yeah, absolutely. But I love it. It's very incognito and it lives in your, in the background, right? Where nobody really can get to it unless they're literally in your device. So, which gotcha. again, can be common. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. So not everything well, is great. Another suggestion is, and I've seen this a lot, maybe not so much now because everybody's working virtually, but I know back when we had like physical office space and we all had to like be there, people would leave their passwords on their desk. Yeah. And yeah, that's not cool. Or the sticky notes on your laptops or whatever, like those electronic sticky notes. I Listen, the story I like to share, it's not my story to share. It's David Sparks of Mac Power Users. He used to be an attorney. Now he's just completely a social media and content production mm. creator on the Mac side. And he's the story he tell is about how he'd walk into an office to 
conduct depositions against the opposing party, et cetera. And they would see on the secretary or the law clerk's table, hmm. the passwords used by that particular employee and be like sticky noted to their monitor or something like that. And like anyone could see that is like bad password management. Especially if you have clients walking through you oh, know? Yeah. and, and visitors, any visitors. Another thing with the legal industry that we have and the medical industry also has a similar thing with HIPAA violations. So let's move on to question number two. What are the top three areas in tech? Do you see lawyers, paralegals, law clerks, and office staff still lacking in their use of technology? Knowledge right? Knowledge is key. So sometimes we purchase software, we purchase all this tech, but we don't know the full extent, right? So mm -hmm. when we're training, for example, which is why I have a job in the first place, when we're training our legal support staff, we're only training them in the software good enough, or I guess up to the point so that they can be successful at their job. But how about if we taught them about the integration, what it integrates with? How about if it doesn't integrate anymore? How about if the upgrade is doing all the knowledge? Knowledge that comes with the software is really what we should be training them. They should be a Clio expert by the end of it, my case expert. They should know the full extent of the software because it's not only going to help them fulfill the position, right? And excel at what they do. It's also going to make them efficient, right? Mm -hmm. Effective. It's also going to shorten the time that it takes them to do whatever it is that they're trying to do. We can automate a lot more if we knew all that. Like if not a lot of people know that in my case, it the Outlook calendar and the my case calendar, they actually integrate. So you only have to oh. implement it once okay. instead of trying to put it in both calendars and figuring it out later. No, it, it integrates. So these little things that take you double the time, because right. whatever you and all these deadlines and everything that you're implementing in your case, in the actual case management software, how cool is it that it can translate to your Microsoft work? So knowing all these integrations and automations and knowing the full extent of what the actual software and the tools and the tech that you have available is really where it's lacking right now. And sometimes that has to do because the person themselves, they don't know, right? Like the lawyer themselves, they purchase all this nice tech and they don't know everything that it does. So going above and beyond, requesting the demos, sitting down with a representative of the software, it's not going to cost you much. It's maybe going to cost you 30 minutes at max. And depending on the questions that you have after that. But understanding that is really going to help you. And it's really going to intensify the role that you have with the law firm. So for the third answer, do you have any third-party software that you use to help improve efficiency or to create certain workflows or some way to make just life in the office for lawyers and paralegals and staff a little bit easier? Specifically third parties. Mm -hmm. I often say that case management software has grown a lot. You don't need to go out there and do any. The only, I guess, third party, if you're trying to do third party services, right? So when you're trying okay. to do like court reporting, right? That's right. something that obviously is not going to integrate or videography, right? If you need mm -hmm. something for specific exhibitors, right? People that create your 3D images and things like that. I would say make sure that they have either an app, a website, that is connected with them, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can, especially process serving. I don't know why we're still emailing people to follow up on servicing. Like this day and age, we should not be doing that. So I'm still dumbfounded that some process servers still say, hey, just email me the information. There's so many process serving. There's so much, like you said, in this day and age, everything is virtual. I love for, specifically for process serving, I love, they're from Infro, Info. 
And I love their services there because they integrate everything. You can text message the process server. They'll send you pictures. They'll send you everything. Like it's like literally day in, day out, like live action, right? So just find a third party vendor or service that gives you the full experience, right? That you're not having to chase after them and having to chase after the transcripts from the court reporter that it should automatically be uploaded into a system where you can download it yourself on your end. When you're exchanging exhibits for discovery, any little thing like that, make sure that your software is beastly enough for that. And that these third-party vendors are offering you that type of service. Because if you're going to pay full price, where these people are raising their prices on the daily, make sure you get what you pay for. Now, I'm going to twist your answer because you were talking about vendors. And what I'm trying to pull from you are perhaps specific software hacks. And let me give you a couple of examples. And maybe we can get a couple of answers from that direction. So two of my favorite programs are, one is Text Expander. Allows you to type snippets and just populate out things either in certain formats or phrases and paragraphs and things that you just routinely say that works both in Windows and Mac. And then I use another program called Hazel, which works Mac specific. It works in the background. And I know there are Windows specific programs that do workflows and automation on your computer in the background. So mm -hmm. the way I have Hazel set up, for instance, I have it. When I tag certain files and certain folders, it will automatically move that file from that folder to another folder. Or in my trash, if I download an ICS file, which is a Microsoft Windows or, or an Apple Calendar file, after I download it, after five minutes, well, one have already opened, it will be populated into the calendar program I use, and then it will be sent to trash. Do you have any programs like that? That's a good one. I used to have, and I don't even know if they exist anymore, but I used to have this program, other than the Grammarly, right? All those right, yes. you know, Grammarly is a ones. great program. I, I love I Grammarly. There's also Packback, which is great for writing. It's called okay. Pack, like, a, like you're packing something yep, yep. and then the back. That is a great one because it's a little more robust than Grammarly because it mm -hmm. gives you feedback. It tells okay. you, hey, maybe these are a few suggestions that you mm -hmm. can reword and rewrite it. And right. one thing that Grammarly doesn't have that Packback has is it recognizes legal writing because oh, okay. Grammarly with Grammarly mm -hmm. it's more like everyday writing is what I call it but when we use like Deuces Decum or Subpoena or something Latin sometimes Grammarly tends to confuse it and say did you mean blah 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 but yeah so Packback is amazing but we I use it a lot for legal writing and it gives you feedback it gives you suggestions mm -hmm. along with the whole grammar spell check and all that good stuff so maybe that's one of them that I okay. recently have used that I would say really cool. It's like 30 bucks for the year. So I think you get like a seven day trial if you want to use it, but it's okay. really great. Oh, Speechify. For those okay. of you that like to read a lot and not read by reading, not read. My husband is one of them. So he's actually the one that told me about it. So you can upload basically any document on Speechify and okay. it'll speak it to you. It'll read cool. it to you. Yeah. And any, and then if you get the paid version, you can even have like cool voices like Barack Obama or Snoop Dogg or <laughs> like all these like and it's yeah. literally them like they recorded a whole bunch of words and you can actually yeah. hear, hear it the text in their voice and it's really cool and entertaining so for those of you that don't want to sit there and read 400 pages of discovery you can just have it read it to you and take notes as you go which is a really cool third-party hack excellent so wait i think i got two from you is there a third you might suggest mm, a third one let me see i don't know if i have a third one let me see i'm thinking well i'll throw out for you i, I use one called word rake okay that integrates with microsoft word okay 
So, and okay. of course that might, I don't know if they integrate with Google Docs or not. I know they integrate with Microsoft Word, which nice. I've been using for forever. And it's similar. It will offer suggestions and you can have it go for brevity. You can go for simplicity because, but specifically for legal documents. Okay. Because you know, oh, we, like yeah, we yes. get a little wordy. We get a little yeah. perhaps uh, too obtuse. Our briefs are not so brief. <laughs> yeah. And they like to be long-winded. Um, yeah. Because attorneys like to hear themselves speak. Actually, LexisNexis, <laughs> that reminded me, LexisNexis has a, a product as well. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's where you upload it into their software and it'll pull out the caseload for you, mm, case law yes. for you and do all that yep. good stuff. So, yep. uh, And it will analyze the brief from either perspective, from perhaps your parties or the opposing parties. Yeah. And it's really useful. I've used it a lot for the briefs. So yeah, I, I plan on using it. It's just that the type of work I do, I mostly represent veterans before the VA. Mm. It's this kind of, that kind of work isn't always really necessary, but let's move on to our last question. What are your top three ways paralegals, law clerks, office staff, et cetera, can use technology to make their lawyer bosses work easier? Lawyers, I know lawyers always, their heartbeat is their calendar, right? We all drive on our deadlines, right? And Mm -hmm. sometimes those deadlines are provided to us by the courts. So really having a great system for calendaring and knowing the type of communication that your lawyer likes. I think those would be the two primary focuses that you want to focus on. So if again, not reinventing the wheel, if you're utilizing Outlook for calendaring, if you're utilizing Nextiva or Clio or my case mm-hmm. for communications, anything that you can record, because my case text messages, you can actually, they have a text message option where you can click on the text messages and you can see all the text messages that have right. been sent on that file. So again, getting that robust case management software. Also get your attorney integrated in that, right? Because you want them to be as tech savvy as possible. I had this amazing attorney that I worked with that all he took with him for trial, mind you, I'm saying trial, was his iPad. Okay. Do you, do you know about, is it TrialPad? I think is the name of the program. Oh, TrialPad. Yep. Trial that was the app that he used and he had all his exhibits in there and he would mm-hmm. send them off and we didn't have to print anything because we would send off all our packets beforehand. The only one we would print obviously is for the judge if they required it in on paper. But yeah, we live well, in Florida. So Florida, we litigate a lot differently. When right. COVID came, we were pretty much halfway there. When it came to that, because we have for our biggest like counties here in Florida, everything is electronic. Like I don't, I can, I don't even remember the last time I had to go to the court to file something or follow up with the clerk or do anything of that sort. So we were pretty much all set up for that when COVID came. The only thing that we were, that I guess we were not prepared for was trial itself because it was a new concept to have a trial virtually, especially with a jury. How'd that go? It went really well. We were probably one of the first states that did virtual trials. We started off with non-jury first, right? obviously, because it's a lot easier. And they did it through Zoom. We call it Zoom Court. And they did everything through Zoom. Yeah, Zoom stocks probably went up really well. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you worked with uh, this attorney, but uh, in episode 35, I interviewed Jamie Holland. Okay. I think he did the first Zoom trial. (laughs) I think it was. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think it was. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that was actually three years ago. Yeah. Now we do mediation, arbitration, Mm -hmm. everything are done virtually. I remember back in the day when you had to request a video deposition. Yep. You had to pay for it. That was an additional cost to pay for a videographer to come in and video a deposition. So it's very cost effective. All right. 
So, And I, I do a lot of hearings before the Board of Veterans Appeals. And the way to do it back in the day was either in person or travel board where you, you had to travel out to wherever the veteran was across the country. And of course, that wasn't always a good thing because the judge was usually a bit tired, you know, having to go out there and back and whatever. And then uh, there was video hearing where the veteran had to go to the regional VA regional office and the judge and actually usually I could be in the same room together here in DC, which at the time was not my favorite way of doing things. But when COVID hit, the VA, BVA had just started implementing the virtual hearing process where it's just by video cam with veteran at his or her home set up with their iPhone or their smart device or their laptop with a webcam. And the judge would be quickly turned out to be at his or her home because of COVID. And then, of course, I'd be here in my home office and what made things a lot easier for everyone. And that really turned out to be a very positive experience for everybody. And that's the way that I've been doing, I think, all of my hearings, almost all my hearings, at least for the last two or three years. Um, but like I said, COVID really accelerated that. Yeah. And not only that, I, I, you know, I always talk about accessibility and affordability, especially mm-hmm. for our clients that are don't have that much to give to a lawyer, especially. So attorneys used to bill for their time and their time started right. at, at the time that they left the office yeah. to go to the court. So it's also a very cost effective and mm-hmm. efficient way. Now lawyers can be in hearings all day because it doesn't matter where they practice. It doesn't matter if the court is three, four hours away because you can do it through Zoom. So I think in all ends, it was something that was needed. Oh, I agree. And then on top of that, you don't have to be stuck at the courthouse waiting for your turn or mm-hmm. if something else happens, again, stuck at court, billing or your you client. Or or right. whatever the case may be, you can easily access it through your system. Yeah. And quite frankly, if the judge or something's going awry where I'm basically stuck in my office, stop that client if you will, and then just work on something else until it's time to go. Absolutely. So I'm always about that. I'm always about anything that can be more efficient and effective. Those are my like two favorite E's other than my name. So we talked about keeping the calendar straight. Yeah. We've talked about Zoom presentations. How do office staff, paralegals, law clerks, et cetera, how do they help prepare lawyers for those kind of meetings, for the virtual hearings, the virtual teleconferences and the virtual depositions? What is the best way office staff can assist their boss, if you will, when it comes to preparing for those kind of meetings? So I always believe I'm a big believer in strategy meetings, mm-hmm. right? Versus just meetings with no agendas. Right. So continuously talking to your lawyer and communicating with everyone on that team in that particular case. Okay, so we're here, we're at this point, what's the next step? What are we trying to accomplish at the end? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to go to trial? Is this a triable case or not? If it's not, how are we going to cut that? Can we get to mediation a lot faster? Can we file an extension? so that the, we have more time to do discovery and prepare the correct questions. These are the type of meetings that paralegals, support staff, and lawyers should be having continuously, constantly, mm-hmm. right? So creating checklists, I believe is probably the easiest thing. So on A, B, C, and D cases, this is your checklist right. for hearings, mediations, trials, and then create several of them, right? Whether it's electronic, whether it's physical, pick your poison at that point. But understanding that 
that and then implementing that in the caseload flow, in the workflows, implementing that. Okay, you're at this point of the checklist. Is there anything else that we need? Oh, we're filing an extension. Why are we filing an extension? Why are we not getting an agreed order so we don't have to go to hearing on an extension? Shortening, again, being more efficient and more effective in that way. So checklists are amazing for that. Strategy meetings with your attorney. And then once you get the full picture, you're like, okay, are we? what are we doing? Are we going to trial? Are we doing deposition? Are we doing mediation? Or are we doing a hearing? Do you use any software to keep track of the checks? Yeah. So Clio, my case, they all okay. have them, right? They okay. all have these okay. workflows that you can create. They all have these task lists that you can, that actually integrate with Outlook as well, because Outlook has tasks now. Right. So things like that, you can definitely implement and integrate through your process if you have those robust cases. Now, if you don't, if that's not something that, again, if you're like a sole practitioner and you only have like one paralegal and you haven't invested in these softwares, then I suggest a simple one that's called Asana. I use it all the time. Okay. Uh, and Trello. All Any task management ones that you can utilize, you can create tasks, subtasks. It'll integrate into most of the Microsoft platforms. It'll also send you emails. So like if a task has been completed, it'll let you know, hey, this task was completed on this matter, whatever the case may be. So these are free ways, I guess you could say, in order to manage something like that as well. You can also upload the documents. So like for the actual day, let's say you're going to mediation, let's say you're going to court, right? You want to prepare them. So have the motion, have the hearing, have all these set documents for them and have them in the order. Like they should not be flipping through stuff. They should not be clicking through stuff, depending what it is. Again, this is all dependent on the attorney. I have some attorneys that like it physical, that like it printed with tabs. Again, electronic as a backup. I have ones that are all virtual that don't want any paper. So again, have those conversations with your attorneys, see how they like to be communicated, how they like to be organized, what they like. Are they tech friendly? Because some lawyers are not. Some lawyers are not tech friendly. Teaching them, taking that extra time. Hey, if we did it this way, you would always have access to it because Clio, in my case, they all have apps on the phone. So you can just open it up on your phone, look at the document in PDF format or whatever the format is, and then always have your information on file, create subfolders and all the good stuff. You were talking about an attorney who used TrialPad. And if I heard you correctly, they would put you or at least the office would provide a hard copy to the judge. Now, that being said, would you still bring a hard copy for yourself? Heavens forbid the tech goes awry. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's dependent on the attorney. It depends on the trial too. Sometimes the trials weren't so robust. Sometimes it was, we've already gotten partial judgment. So we were only litigating like a section of it. So it it really depends. Uh, We had heavy hitters like the FIU bridge, the one that collapsed. We were working on that, the LA fitness implantation that exploded due to uh, Macy gone awry or gone wrong like that, where there's multiple defendants or multiple plaintiffs. And, you know, you got to analyze the situation as a whole and, right. and you have to have those strategy meetings and say, okay, how robust is this trial? Is it just like one little section? Or also you don't really need a physical file. If you have a tablet, you can always have hard copies on your tablet where you don't sure. need Wi-Fi or anything like that. Right. You can have the documents actually on your screen and then flip through them. You can do little notes. Adobe Pro is amazing for that. It's called I uh, Adobe Cloud now. Uh, okay. um, it's like web-based. Yep. It's amazing for editing, for putting notes and comments and things like that and sharing it with other people so that you don't have a physical file. It's just a link and you can click on the link. It's, you know, again, technology is just amazing. The things that would take us hundreds of years to prepare for. This is why when I do the consulting and I ask, how long is it really taking you to do a trial? And they tell me it's more than three months. I'm like, that's too much. Like, what are you doing wrong? It should not take you more than three months. 
months to prepare for a trial, especially when you have an order from like a year ago. Like what have you been doing for a year? (laughs) Well, so let me ask this as part of your third answer on the third question. Is it important that office staff be almost as competent or more competent than the lawyer when it comes to technology? I would say more. You would put yourself in a better position Mm -hmm. as far as your value, as far as a worker. We work the cases. We're there to partner with the lawyer and be their partner. And you, I always say that, okay, you're not going to be 100% all the time, but if you're 100% at this and you've created a streamlined process and you can always be there for your lawyer and you're that valuable to the company, you will not only I'm never going to say irreplaceable because everybody's irreplaceable. Unfortunately, that's just the reality that we live in, but it will be very hard to replace you, right? Mm -hmm. I know law firms that after I have left on a good note, what didn't matter what note it was, there would be like seven people doing what I did for five years. And that's the position you want. You want that. You want to know that there's seven people doing what you did for five years. And it's just good for your legal career. It's good for your mind. You never Mm -hmm. get bored. It's never a boring day. You never get burned out either because if you're streamlining and and being effective and automating and integrating and doing all the things, you'll never be burnt out. You'll never miss any deadlines. That's your job. Your job at the end of the day is to cover the attorney and to be there for the attorney. That's why the whole like legal support staff was even created, right? That's how we elevated from just being a receptionist, a legal assistant to being a paraprofessional. So understanding your position and always, my dad always used to say this in Spanish. So I'm going to like roughly translate But it's basically the equivalent of that saying that says dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have kind of thing. And that rings true to your skills. Like I always knew I wanted to be the CEO paralegal, which is where I got my nickname. I wanted to be that executive go to person that even when I was on vacation, I loved it when my boss would call me, it would not be any like a pet peeve for me because I'm like, that means I'm valuable. That means nobody in the office could figure it out. And that's the position you want to be in. You want to be that person. You want to be the person where your attorney always leans on you because that's what you're meant for. That That's what you're there for. Excellent. I appreciate you sharing all this with us. Where can people find you? I have my website that has everything. It's pretty much my brick and motor, my office, whatever you want to call it. And it's www.edarosalc.com. So it's edarosalc.com. And there you can find the links to our podcast, our online shop with all our swag, because everybody wants a CEO paralegal shirt now, all of a sudden, or a limitless one. Um, We have several branches, so you can go on our website and always find out what we're up to. Excellent. Well, again, I appreciate you sharing all that. And again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the page podcast. Our next episode will be posted in about two weeks. If you have any ideas about a future episode, please contact me at michaeldj at page. Have a great day and happy luring.